Hi friends, and welcome to another Robcast. This is Robcast 54, and this one is called Politics and Guns. Actually, this is part one. Uh, I'm going to do a new episode every day this week about politics and guns. And so today will be part one, and part one is called Politics is a Good Word. And uh, then tomorrow will be part two, and we'll go from there. We'll start at politics and by the end of the week, we'll, we'll work our way to guns. Uh, I, I don't know about you, but these shootings... Actually, I do know about you. These shootings that we keep hearing about, they weigh so heavy on me. I, I bet you're like me. You hear about another one, and you're like, really? Another shooting? Uh, and the San Bernardino shooting is in like an hour from where I live or something. It's like the closer it hits to home, the closer it hits to home, you know what I mean? And uh, we have a gun problem. We have a gun problem in this country that is unlike the gun problems in any other country. Uh, we have the highest number of privately held guns in the world. We are about 4% of the world's population and we have about 42% of its privately held weapons. That's insane. Uh, we have... 29 homicides per million people in America. We are by far the most violent nation on the face of the planet. The second nation with homicides per million people is are the Swiss, if you can believe it, Switzerland with seven. We have 29 homicides by gun, using a gun per million people. The second most gun violent nation is Switzerland with seven homicides, Belgium with six. We have six times the gun homicide rate as Canada, 16 times the gun homicide rate of Germany. Uh, it, this is totally insane. We uh, statistically in America have about 89 guns per hundred people. Um, this is by far the highest percentage of guns per hundred people of any nation. We have 89 guns per 100 people. The second highest gun ownership is the country of Yemen, who have 54 guns per 100 people. Completely, totally out of control. But in order to get to guns and what we all have to do now to change this, we have to talk about politics. And so uh, in this first episode especially, I want to talk about how politics is a good word. Now, generally, what we know from the past four years and then eight years before that and then 12 years before that is that the presidential primaries are sort of all over the place until after Thanksgiving when things begin to settle down because we have a short little stretch here through the end of this year into next year and then we have the first uh, primaries and heading up to next year's general election. So you're going to hear more and more and more and more about the presidential candidates and the whole process of all of us together picking a new president. So I want to talk about politics, the political process. I want to talk about how to listen to politicians, how to think about the process of electing a new president, and most importantly, how to talk and engage with friends, neighbors, coworkers, relatives, and those incredibly obnoxious Facebook posts that those that your friend from college keeps posting that that make you politically so mental you can't even stand it. How do you talk about politics at Christmas without everybody driving everybody nuts? You know what I'm saying? What do you do when somebody you really love and respect says something about politics that makes you think they're an idiot? 
right? <laughs> That's the thing. How do we all think about this in ways that don't make us completely crazy? So, in this episode, I want to do one thing and one thing only. I want to help you see that politics is a good word. And by the end of this episode, especially by the end of the series, but by the end of this episode, I want you to think about the word politics in a good light. So uh, maybe you already do, but maybe for some of you, the moment you hear the word politics, you roll your eyes and you think about money and corruption and slandering and scandals and all that. Uh, uh, then, then what I want to do is I want to change the way that you think about politics. And when you hear this word, I want you to think of something else. So uh, the first truth is simply this. Politics is a good word. It's all I'm going for here. Politics is a good word. The word politics has its roots in Latin and Greek. Uh, the word polis, P-O-L-I-S, means city. Politikos, or polites, means citizen. In the old French, it's politique, with a Q-U-E on the end. Don't you love the French? Politique. Um, and it means of, for, or relating to the citizens. So politics is about the citizens. So then polite is simply the proper way that the citizens relate to each other. Metropolis, metro comes from the ancient word meter, which means mother, and then polis, city. So the metropolis is a mother city. Cosmopolitan, cosmopolitan comes from cosmos, ancient Greek word for the world. And then Politan comes from polis, which means city, so cosmopolitan means a world city. So, when we talk about politics, we're talking about the citizens. We're talking about how citizens live together. When we talk about politics, we're talking about how we organize our shared life together. Because we're all in this together. Everybody who lives in your apartment building or in your neighborhood or who lives in your town, or municipality, or county, or region, or city, or state, or country, or continent, or time zone, or hemisphere, or planet. We're all in this together. There is a share, shared good between us that we all desire. So politics is the process. Politics is how we organize ourselves for our common good. Politics is necessary, it's honorable, and it's vital to human thriving. So politics is how we organize ourselves for our shared common good. Now, politics is extremely practical and material. For some, you say the word politics, what they think of are abstract debates and arguments or people promising things they can or can't deliver. Politics is extremely practical and is oriented around the very discussions, questions, and policies that affect how we live every day. We are surrounded by the effects of politics pretty much every moment of the day. Here's what I mean. Water. Where does the water come from that comes out of the faucet in your sink? Who decides how much water is available? Who decides where that water is brought from? Who set the price? What happens when there's a drought? There's a drought, a serious drought in California right now, and so we get X amount of water per household, and if we go over that, uh, we have to pay. Who decides what that proper allotment is per household? Who decides how much is enough? 
Is that a federal decision, a state decision? Uh, does a municipality make that decision? A county, a city, a province, a town, a neighborhood? Who makes the decisions and who exerts the power and influence? Who built the system and who runs it and sustains it so that when you turn the knob, water comes out of the faucet? Those are all political effects that affect you every single day. Or food. When you shop, do you look at the ingredients? How come packaged food all has the list of ingredients on it? If you're a mom or a dad, do you find it more or less helpful to know what you're putting in your kids' bodies? The answer is uh, more helpful, right? Well, who decided that companies have to tell you the ingredients on the outside of a package? Because that has a printing cost. They have to make a label. They have to do the work of naming exactly what's in there. Who decided that companies have to go through that extra hassle? And how come we all, if there suddenly was no ingredients, we would panic? What, what exactly is in this thing? That comes through a political process. And we'll talk about regulation in a future episode, but food, water, how about parking? Where I live in LA, parking is a big deal. By the way, the other day I went to the dentist. I paid $14 to park at the dentist. If you would see the street in front of my house, there is uh, these, there are these signs. We laugh about the signs. Um, when you can park, where you can park, how long you can park for, what days of the week you can park for, what hours of the day you can park for how long. And then there are those uh, red curbs in front of fire hydrants. And then if you live in the neighborhood, you can go get a permit so you can park on the street. Or if you're visiting somebody who lives in the parking in, on the street, you can go get a visitor's permit to park on the street. But then certain days a week is street sweeping. So one whole side of the street, no one can park on, but only for a few hours, which is on the sign. Some of the signs are literally like six or seven or eight lines of explanation about parking. Who figured all that out? Who set that up? And any time you're trying to find a parking space and it's crazy and you wish there were less regulations, you're passing by actual houses where if there aren't regulations, those people can't get out of their houses because they're parked in. So parking, who decides who can park where, what days of the week, at what hours, for how long? And then last but not least, potholes. And if you live, uh, well, if you live in California, you live in the South, you might not know what a pothole is. It's a hole in, well, never mind. If you live in the Midwest, you know exactly what I'm talking about, or cold weather. Uh, holes in the pavement. Who fixes them? When? Who decides when a pothole has crossed the line and needs to be filled in? Who pays for the trucks and the asphalt and the workers and the shovels? Who runs the whole pothole operation so that when you're driving your car, you don't have that thud when your wheel goes down into a hole in the road? These are all part of our shared life together. Food, water, transportation, agriculture, business, you go down the list of things that are a part that intersect with how you live your life. And many, 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 many of them are deeply shaped and affected by what we know to be politics, how we organize ourselves for our shared common good. Politics is not only a good word, it's absolutely necessary and vital for human thriving.
So a couple words that come to mind then. Power. Who makes these decisions about our water and our food and our transportation and business and taxes and who makes these decisions? Who power? Who do we give the power to to make these policies and laws and rules and regulations? Number two, influence. How are the people who have the power who make the decisions influenced in their decision making? Are they influenced by what is the best for the most of us? Are they influenced by what benefits the few who have the most amount of money that gave to their campaign so they would be elected? How do they use the influence they have and who do they use the influence they have to benefit and who in the process of them exercising their power and influence is included in benefits and who is excluded? Uh, power, influence, control. How much control do policies, rules, does the government have in our lives? What are areas where no laws and rules and regulations are needed? And what are areas where we need more than we have? What are areas where the political process were too organized? And what are areas where we're not organized enough? What are areas where there are too many rules and it stifles human flourishing? And what are areas where we need more rules and regulations because it's too chaotic and thriving is called into question. And how far does this organization of our shared life extend? Does it extend into our homes, into our bedrooms, into what we say, into what we can and can't say? Do you see how interesting this all gets? To what degree does this process can this process enter in to what areas of our lives and what areas of our lives are off limits in which we say, no, we will not have rules about that. People can do whatever they want in that area. You see, fascinating stuff here. Power, influence, control, organization. This shared arrangement, which we often call the government, how does it work? Is it efficient? Could it be done better? Do we have the right people in the right places? Does this structure benefit some at the expense of others? And are those who are trying to make it more efficient, are there others when they do that, are there others who the system benefits them very well and they are resisting efforts to make it more efficient, more uh, cheaper, uh, quicker, easier? Do you see how power, influence, control, organization, do you see how all of this, it's all a part of our shared life together. And so here's the thing. When someone says politics is a bad word, or they roll their eyes, or they say, I want nothing to do with politics, or we should just get rid of politics. No, 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 no. We, <laughs> politics is absolutely vital and necessary for our shared life together. What people are talking about when they talk about that is they're talking about bad politics the abuse of this process, the hijacking of this process. Maybe you have that sense. You can't hear the word uh, politics without rolling your eyes and saying, oh, my word. Then the, probably you have some sense that this process has become corrupted, that it's been hijacked, that some have used this process for their own gain. Others have used their energies to stop 
the work of others rather than all of us together moving forward. So, for example, when the leader of one political party says his job is to stand in the way of anything the president, who is of a different political party, wants to do, something within you says, no, that's bad. That's bad energy, it's bad motivation, it's bad intention. Correct. Sometimes you simply have the sense that this person is not giving their best energies to all of us together moving forward. And so we have to do something about that. Other times you have a sense that this particular system is allowing some to get ahead at the expense of others being held down or being held back. So let us all together let's reclaim the word politics as good and then when we're talking about the abuse of politics or bad politics or corrupt politics or politics that have been hijacked by other causes and intentions and motivations that aren't for our common shared thriving and good then let's add words to the word politics to say that let's get more clear by what we mean when we say politics you see just right there, we can make some progress. Just right there, we can make a leap forward. Because politics is a good word. I was at a party uh, a couple years ago talking to a politician, an electorate, elected, uh, I think a, he's a state representative. And I was asking him what it's like to run for office, what is it, uh, what's it like to, uh, to have that position, what's an average day like, and his phone kept ringing, or like vibrating. And he kept checking it while we were talking. And eventually, I was like, wow, your phone buzzes a lot. And he said, I give everybody who lives in my district my phone number. I was like, wait, wait, wait. You mean the phone number of your office? He's like, well, they can get that on the website. I give them my personal cell number. I was like, wait, 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 wait. So everybody who lives in your part of the state has your personal cell number? Any citizen? He's like, yeah. He's like, I do that because I want them to be able to get a hold of me and to be able to personally share with me their questions, their concerns, their suggestions. I, I want them to have direct access to me. And I was like, well, your phone must ring all the time. He's like, yeah, that's what's happening right now. Yeah, it never stops ringing. And he says, my personal goal, my policy, is to get back to everybody within 24 hours. My goal is that if you contact me and you live anywhere in my district, I will get back to you personally within 24 hours. Now, here's the inter interesting thing about this guy. His family has a company that makes lots of money. And he could go work in that company. His brothers do. He could make lots and lots of money. But he decided that he wanted to do something to make life better for everybody in his district. So he ran for office and got elected. And now you can get a hold of him 24 hours a day. So I don't know exactly what he thinks about various policies. I don't know whether you are part of his political party or not. I don't care. What I find interesting and compelling is that there is a noble impulse lurking there in that cell phone of his. He even said, I'm here to serve. That's what I'm doing right now with this work. I'm here to serve these people. And he goes back and forth between uh, his district and Washington. And he simply said, my job is to go to Washington and to represent my people and their interests well. So I need to know what they need. I need to know what their lives are like. I need to know what's in the way of their flourishing. I need to know what they need more of to do more good things in the world. That's how it works. 
Now, I know that if any area, well, other than religion, can invite more cynicism and sarcasm, it's politics, but there is a noble impulse lurking in there to serve. Politics is how we organize our shared common life together so that we can all flourish. Politics, then, is incredibly practical. It's about how you actually come up with actual policies that help us organize ourselves well. So, it's easy to say broad and general things about who is wrong and who is misguided. It's easy to talk about how everybody in the other political party is an idiot. It's easy to say that that person doesn't know what they're talking about. Easy. But the actual political process is going to lots of meetings and listening to lots of discussion and weighing a number of alternatives and actually sitting down across the table from people who see the issue at hand very differently than you do. This is true for the school board. This is true for the water commission. This is true for the nature conservancy. This is true for Congress. This is true for the president. Politics is ultimately extremely practical. How exactly are we going to organize ourselves? So, to have a discussion in the abstract about who gets it and who doesn't, and who's smart and who's stupid, doesn't actually reflect what politics is. Politics is about the actual ins and outs of actual policies and what they look like in the real world and what you have to do when you do the very hard work of bringing people together around our shared common good. So we're going to cover all sorts of ground in the next couple episodes, but it's really, really important that I go back through and make sure that we're all crystal clear. Politics is a good word. Politics is how we organize ourselves for our shared common good. You are for politics. You are the recipient of politics, whether they were helpful or not, constructive or not, good or bad. You are receiving, you are living in a larger web of policy, rules, and political effects all around you all the time. From the label on the food that you look at in the Whole Foods, all the way to the water that comes out your faucet, to who can or can't park in the street in front of your house. So let's all move away from any sort of politics is bad. We should just do away to politics. Let's move to politics is good, necessary, vital. Without it, we wouldn't have any semblance of an organized world. Now, here's what I, wow, that's allowed now. Now, here's what we're going to do. Politics is a good word. Next episode, I want to talk about there is an endless tension at the heart of politics. There is an endless tension, a give and take at the heart of politics, and that tension is good. It's not only good, it's vital and necessary. So politics is a good word. Episode two, I want to talk about the tension at the heart of politics, and we're gradually going to move our way from politics as the week progresses into guns. And I'm so thrilled that you're coming along for the ride. Grace and peace, my friends.